0: Point number two, the 10,000 hour rule. It's such a cliche, you've heard it 10,000 times, so have I. But Malcolm Gladwell basically breaks it down into the opportunity to work hard. And you need that opportunity. Not everyone is given the opportunity to work hard. It's very easy to say, go put in your 10,000 hours into whatever you like. But if you have the opportunity to put those 10,000 hours welcome to another episode of the inspirational chronicles and this week we're doing something a little different i'm actually going to be breaking down a book by malcolm gladwell called outliers and this will be a new segment on top of the regular segment which features great stories by great people so before we get to the start of the episode i just want to remind you that this podcast is also available on soundcloud stitcher And iTunes. And if you use iTunes, please subscribe and please rate the podcast if you enjoy the content. It helps to increase the popularity and expose it to more people. As always, thank you very much for listening and I hope you enjoy the episode. Outliers, The Story of Success by Malcolm Gladwell, a number one national bestseller. Three main takeaways. Number one, there's no such thing as self-made. No one does it alone. Number two, the 10,000-hour rule. Number three, cultural legacy and family ties. When Malcolm Gladwell set out to write this book, he wanted to capture the story of incredible people, the story of outliers a phenomenon that lies outside of everyday experience. And what he found out was that no one is an actual outlier. People who have accomplished the most incredible feats, reached the top of the pinnacle of their careers, reach what it means to be successful at the highest scale. We're talking about people like the Beatles, Steve Jobs, Bill Gates, according to Malcolm Gladwell, are not actually outliers. They're actually somewhat ordinary people, just like you and I, who are given incredible opportunities. And let's jump right into the three main points. Number one, there's no such thing as self-made. No one does it alone. Malcolm Gladwell talks about the fact that the environment that you grew up in, not just the environment, the timing, when during the year you were born, as an athlete, can make an incredible difference. And he spends an entire chapter explaining how Canadian hockey players, if you are born later in the year from September on, you pretty much have no chance of becoming a professional hockey player because the kids that were born in January, February, March have a distinct advantage in age and size and skill and speed just because they're 7 to 8 and to 10 months older than all the other kids who were born September, October, November, December. No such thing as self-made. Parenting styles. There are basically two that Malcolm Gladwell breaks down which make a tremendous difference in the amount of success or the amount of opportunities you might have growing up later in life or you might give to your kids. So, for example, there are two. Natural growth which is more popular in the working class and lower income class of people where it's basically a hands-off approach to raising your child where you kind of let him run run around free. He goes to school. He comes back. He does his own thing. Maybe you tell him to to do his homework, but as far as his personal interest and getting really involved in art or music or sports, you might not have time because of your situation as a parent or The lower working class parent may not have that amount of time versus concerted cultivation, which is basically the parenting style where a parent attempts to foster their child's talent by incorporating organized activities in the children's interest. If that kid likes music, you're taking him to piano class, you're taking him to orchestra, you're taking him to the band, the drums, the saxophone. If he, likes, if he or she likes ballet, if he or she likes sports, you're enrolling that child into a sports league and you're there, you're pushing him or her, you're cheering them on, you're making sure they, they go to sports, they get coached. And what this turns out to be later in life is a huge advantage of that kid being able to handle organization, being able to handle discipline, being able to seek opportunities, being able to handle winning and losing. And that's why it's so important for kids to be concertedly cultivated. No one does it alone. You're upbringing, who you know, the people you have around you, the opportunities that you get, how your parents taught you to speak to adults. For example, if a parent teaches his kid to be afraid of adults, that kid is going to grow up being afraid of confrontation, being afraid to speak out because he didn't have practice as a child. Point number two, the 10,000-hour rule. It's such a cliche. You've heard it 10,000 times. So have I. But Malcolm Gladwell basically breaks it down into the opportunity to work hard. And you need that opportunity. Not everyone is given the opportunity to work hard. It's very easy to say, go put in your 10,000 hours into whatever you like. But if you have the opportunity to put those 10,000 hours For example, the Beatles, before they were the Beatles, they were just a band and they couldn't get that many gigs. But they got this one gig in a small town in Germany called Hamburg, where they were forced to play. If they wanted if they wanted this gig, they were forced to play seven days a week, eight hours a day for an entire year, which equals about 3000 hours. That's one third of the 10,000 hour rule that they achieved in one year. And that's really hard to do. If you work at something, you spend about, if you have a regular nine to five, 251 days, that's 251 business days a year, you're working 2,000 hours a year, approximately. They did 3,000 hours, seven days a week in one year. They got one third in one year to the 10,000 hour rule. Malcolm Gladwell, breaks this down, how important the 10,000 hour rule, if you wanna master anything, is to your craft. Bill Gates, at the age of 13 in 1968, one of the most successful entrepreneurs, one of the most richest men in the world in 1968, was the only kid at 13 years old in the world that had unlimited access to a computer terminal. Most college professors in computer science did not have unlimited access to a computer terminal at that time. He had it at age 13 by a stroke of good fortune. It wasn't something he worked for. This is why he talks about not everybody is an outlier. There's no such thing as outliers. It's the opportunities that were given, the opportunity to work hard. And he was given, he loved, of course he loved computer science, and he loved programming, and that was at a time where you had to punch in cards you're not typing, you're punching in cards and slotting them into giant computer terminals. But at, at age 13, he was given this opportunity that no other kid in the world had. So in about 10 years, by, the, by age 21, eight years to be exact, he had more than 10,000 hours of computer programming skills at age 21. Probably the only 21-year-old in the entire world who was given this opportunity to work hard who had more than 10,000 hours of computer programming under his belt, and that's when he started Microsoft. Of course, he had to work hard, but he was also given the opportunity. If he didn't come across his computer terminal, if he wants the specifics, read the book, but if he didn't come across his computer terminal, there's no way Bill Gates ever becomes Bill Gates. So it's not just the fact that he worked hard, it's the fact that he was given the opportunity to work hard, and that's just as important As working hard itself because no person he talks about Olympic athletes if there's no gym around you you're never gonna be an Olympic athlete if you want to be a gymnast and you don't have the opportunity to go do gymnastics it doesn't matter how much of a natural athlete you are it doesn't even matter if you have a good gymnastics gym and there's no one there to train you there also has to be a really good gymnast there to train you Nastia Lukin, both of her parents, were world-class gymnasts. Sean Johnson, a gold medalist from Iowa, had a former world-class Chinese coach move to Iowa, open a gymnastics gym there, and that's who trained her. If that man does not move from China to Iowa, Sean Johnson never becomes Sean Johnson. She might have still been a good gymnast, but she wasn't going to be a gold medal Olympian. It's not just the ability to work hard. It's also the opportunity to work hard and the opportunity to put in your 10,000 hours. And that's what Malcolm Gladwell talks about. Last thing, and this is one of the coolest things. Point number three, cultural legacy. Your family ties to society in which you were brought up in. And this one's really cool because it basically comes down to high power distance, versus low power distance societies in high power distance societies people don't question the decisions of their leaders there is a high distance in leader versus follower subordinates expect their jobs to be dictated to them and they will not say or disagree with authority for fear of consequence or stirring up conflict there's not very much confrontation in high power distance societies Examples of this are Belgium, France, Malaysia, the Arab world, and a lot of Asian countries, Korea, Japan, China. These are the type of cultures where respect is a huge thing and you don't go around disagreeing with your leaders. Now, the opposite, low power distance society. Number one example, the United States, where organizations are looser, decentralized hierarchy, Where employees and subordinates are considered equal, there's a lot more collaboration. There's a lot more opportunity to speak up, whether you're the analyst or the VP or the director. It doesn't matter. Jobs are basically seen as equal, and blame and responsibility and collaboration, like I said, is all one part of this whole organization, and everybody has something to say. Other examples of those type of countries include the Netherlands, the United Kingdom, Germany and Nordic countries, a lot of countries in Europe. And so, what that means, what does that mean? The ability to communicate, the ability to contribute to a project, a task, when everybody has a voice, makes a tremendous difference for the outcome. Not only that, as an individual, if you live in a low power distance society, you have a say. You can bring out your ideas. You can go from analyst to VP to director. You can go from high school graduate to entrepreneur. You have an equal opportunity to achieve certain things because the society breeds that type of success. So the biggest takeaway, there's really no such thing as an outlier or a self-made man. There's no one in the world, if you really think about it, That doesn't have someone else or something else to be thankful for reaching the platform that they did. If you ever just listen to an athlete, not just because of being gracious, but they always thank their coach. They always thank their parents. They always thank somebody who brought them to the level that they are. Because if you really think about it, and I'm just using athletes as one example, but you can apply this to any field. Everything you are right now is a culmination of, yes, your efforts, but also all the opportunities that you were given up until this point, whether that was with people you know, mentors, your parents, your teachers, somebody, a friend helped you to get to where you are right now. And if you feel like you're not done, good. Read this book. Learn more about what you can do, not just for yourself, but also to help others around you cultivate the type of success that is the Steve Jobs, the Beatles, the Bill Gates, the Michael Jordans. Give people the opportunity that you perhaps once had and see what others can do. And they're going to bring you up because when you bring people up around you, it inevitably brings up your own level. So it's not just, oh, okay, now, I hear what you're telling me, Emilio. I got to get out there. I got to network. I got to see who can help me. No. See also who you can help. What opportunities were you given and somebody you know didn't have those same opportunities? How can you help them? Because all that comes back to you. If everybody contributed to each other, then the world would be a much better place because it'd be like the Society of Cultivation, what I talked about, the concerted cultivation parenting style. Imagine if we all contributed to, hey, let's help each other out. You're a really good artist. Hey, man, I know this this producer who can really help you with your craft. Outliers, The Story of Success by Malcolm Gladwell. This book is incredible. I just like sharing what really makes a difference in my life, and that is knowledge, the power of knowing why things happen the way they do and how much of a drastic difference that can make for your life and the people around you and the opportunities that you have.